When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome in. Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. It's been 60 years. It's not that much to ask at this point. Six decades in. Uh, Phil Mackey, Judge Zilgat, our executive producer, Declan Goff, is coming off 27 holes of of vacation golf. We told him, go up to the cabin, get fresh, because you're going to be spinning 53 different plates during the season here. So Judd and I are going to hopefully not crash this podcast plane into the uh, into the ground. We'll see what happens here. But the show is presented by our friends at Surly Brewing Company and also TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And they make more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL bringing you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. Um, so we're kind of in this weird little two-week period before the season mm-hmm. where, you know, we're doing... So we've started doing... We've 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 uh, mirrored Feedback Friday on both Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. So far- Fridays are going to be all about Feedback Friday on both shows. And the Saturday episodes of Purple Daily are eventually going to be sort of a preview of the game and, and sort of a... A, a, ga- a gambling look at what might happen to overs and unders, and we'll look at sort of what the markets are saying. But but that's not going to start till next week. So we figure let's just do another uh, dive into the comment section here and uh, hand the show over to the audience. Purple Daily reads your comments on YouTube, the Score North app. You can always send us stuff. So uh, let's do it, Judd. You ready for All this? Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's go. All right. Colin Ireland via the Score North app says, Phil, here's my take on the Vikings developing a young quarterback. Number one, take a quarterback every other year. Competition brings out the best in each one. Number two, don't draft a quarterback from a program that seldom loses in college. If they can't handle losing in college, their mind will be off when they inevitably lose in the pros. And three, don't rush a quarterback to start day one. Having a quality veteran to bridge the transition will only make them stronger. My future, hopefully, quarterback in next year's draft is, uh, God, I don't know how to pronounce this, but the Clemson kid, uh, DJ Ugalele, right? Uh, thanks, boys. Keep up the good work. Skull, Colin from Florida. So I guess, you know, your thoughts on his philosophy, but maybe the bigger question here is, when will or when should, now that Kellen Mond is done, when should or when will they take another stab at drafting a quarterback? Well, first of all, I will say this. I would never not draft a kid because he won a ton if he's that good. So, like, yes, I, I get it. If he is a product of a system, then 
there would be some concern. Uh, but if you just won a ton be- because you're great, I'm not going to disqualify you because yeah. it might get tough. That, to me, would be a major mistake. Um, I think they need to draft a quarterback next year. Now, is that for sure the guy that's going to, to replace Kirk? Probably not. But here's my here's my thought process on how things have changed with, with this team and especially with O'Connell and an entire new staff here, too. Um, these guys are supposed to be quarterback whisperers. And, like, you can't declare, well, okay, in two years we're going to suck, and that's going to be great because we'll get, we'll get a quarterback then, right? I, I think the reality of drafting a quarterback, Phil, is that you need to take shots, and, and you need to identify guys who hopefully through your experience of being a quarterback whisperer you like, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but you're now taking shots. Like, you, you can't just decide the Vikings don't have enough like three and four win years to be like, okay, we're going to have another really bad year and draft one high. Yeah. Um, so I, I think what you, I think there's one of two options for the 2023 draft. One is you take a shot in like the second or third round or late first round or something like that. The second one is you decide that this is going to be the year that we take a big time shot at trading up and taking a top one. Um, but like, cause I, I think we think of this too simplistically, which is, well, you'll just stink one time and get, a great one like this franchise you know they have not had a franchise quarterback it for any amount of term since fran tarkington which was 1961 to 1978 so the, the thought process i think needs to be a little bit broader uh but i also think like kellen mond that draft pick i like the shot it, it was the wrong guy in retrospect mm-hmm. davis mills probably makes more sense as the shot but I also trust that this administration is going to have a better feel for that position, and Rick did not. Um, and so, you know what? I would I would say next year is the start of you start to draft them and see, because you like them, how they work out. Yeah, Kirk is 34, going to be 35. He signs these short-term contracts because he wants to. I want to be clear. I've seen a lot of people. I just got another tweet this morning here from someone because now that now that uh, Russell Wilson signed a new contract and then Lamar Jackson's going to sign a new contract. So I just got another tweet from someone showing the the latest average annual value for quarterback contracts or or most total guarantees even. And he doesn't show up as high on these lists, right? And I keep telling these people, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the average annual value. It has everything to do with the cap hit for that season. And because he signs these short-term contracts one-year extension, two-year extension, at no point has he ever wanted to lock into like a five- or a six-year thing. Right. The flexibility the team has to lower a cap hit to make a run for a season is a lot less. They restructured his contract this year, and he still has the third-highest cap hit because there's nowhere to put the money because he's only under contract through next year. So to me, it's like... You don't even have the you don't even know if he's going to be your guy in 2 years from now because he plays hardball every year for a new contract. Mm-hmm. And so just by nature of the un, the uncertainty of will he be your quarterback in 2 years or not and how much money he takes up relative to the cap making it harder to build a Super Bowl caliber roster, my radar is way up to draft a quarterback in 2022. I'm committed I, if look if he plays well this year, or I should say 2023. If he plays well this year, He's the starting quarterback next year, and that's fine. But you don't know what this thing's going to look like when he's 36 in 2024, and so you should absolutely start preparing. But the problem you run into is, let's say they have a good season, 
And next year, it's like, oh, the expectations are there's a leap coming, and the, maybe the Packers are no longer with Aaron Rodgers, and now all of a sudden you might be staring at an 11 or 12 win season. Would you waste your first round pick, short term waste, not long term, but short term waste your first round pick on something that's not going to help you in 2023? Well, I mean, the Packers did it, and people torched them, right? Why would you draft a quarterback of the future when you just won 13 games? Right. So at some point, they're going to have to confront. We're pretty good. Like, there's no signs that they're going to be a five-win team, like you said, and be drafting number three overall. Right. So while you're pretty good, do you have the cojones to still make that draft pick in the first round, like the Chiefs did, for instance, when they had Alex Smith and they were a 10- or 11-win team five years ago? I think the thing that, that these guys are doing that probably is what they're gambling on is this. I think by the end of the season— and look, I don't think the Vikings are going to win, just to be clear, a Super Bowl. I think they might be a playoff team. But I think there's no question by the end of the regular season, these guys are going to have a really good feel for who Kirk can be or is. Because, I mean, they are they are banking on the fact they're going to change him. There's no mm-hmm. question about that. They are banking on the fact that they're going to get the statistical production or more than Kirk has provided, which statistically is good, but they're also going to get way more wins and, and that Kirk is going to be freed. And I think the 17 games the Vikings are going to play in the eyes of Kwesi and O'Connell will provide the answer to, is this guy your guy? Yeah. Uh, Michael Leach commented on the YouTube channel a couple days ago on one of the episodes we did. OMFG. I was going to applaud you guys for doing such a great episode and refraining from mentioning Kirk Cousins until I got 40 minutes in. You guys just can't help yourselves, can you? Literally the worst rumination I have ever seen. Here's my question to guys like Michael, all right? These people that that don't want talk shows to talk about the quarterback of your favorite team? Really? You don't want to hear a discussion about the most important player, most important position, the most influential, meaningful position, and how, it, how he may or may not take a step forward, his contract, all these things like... You really like you literally cringe when we or others talk about Kirk Cousins, or is it that you cringe only if you hear what you don't want to hear, which is anything that doesn't fall into the bin of Kirk is a god and Kirk is being held back for seven years by all of his teammates and coaches. You know, I guess if you think that he walks on water and he should only be praised and and because he throws for four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns, there cannot possibly be any sort of gap in his game, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I just find this group of people, Michael, interesting that you're, it's like, oh, my God, I'm melting. I'm melting. Every time someone says something halfway critical of your favorite quarterback. All right. Cool. 40 minutes in is a really long time. That's a lot of restraint. A lot of restraint. I'm yeah. going to pat myself on the back. Now. Ah, my rotator cuff. I just hurt myself. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. In fact, I would say that uh, we, we should have gotten to Kirk in, in that episode quicker. I'm a bit probably should have probably should have done it after 20 minutes, quite frankly. Yeah. yeah, 40 minutes. I mean, dude, and really, if you were like, I'm 40 minutes in, and these jokers are just stop the podcast at that point. Like, it's, you've heard a lot. You have, and thank you for listening for 40 minutes. Yeah, we really appreciate that. Yeah, that's really good. But I mean, at that yeah. point in time, you, you've got the permission of Judd, Sports Dad, and more importantly, the man who is the CEO of Vikings Twitter. <laughs> you have our permission to hit the escape button or the X us out or something. 
Move on to something else. Yeah. It's, it is free for you guys. The, the content. Uh, I'm not free. trying to be a jerk, too. I'm just saying, 40 minutes is a long time. You got yeah. your day. You got your Vikings, Phil. Zero cousins talk until yeah. then. Drew V via the Scorner Thaf says, I just toasted a surly to sports dad, doctor of reckless speculation, Judd Zolgad. The fact that this dude had had an exploded appendix on a Saturday and was back in the studio the following Tuesday throwing heaters is mind-blowing. Judd is my favorite sports mind, and I trust his takes more than anyone in the sports media. If you guys ever want to publish a book of Judd's text message takes from the hospital while he was pumped full of painkillers, I'll be the first in line. I'm sure he was <laughs> dropping some insane knowledge bombs. Judd was texting. There was very few gaps in Judd's communication Um so you were slinging takes, but you were tweeting a lot of your takes, too. I was tweeting I my takes, yeah. I yeah. tweeted the Vikings thing up until they wheeled me out for surgery. Yeah, it's all public record. Half. It's all public record. Uh, let's see here. Fani via the Scorner Thap says, Love the show. My daily listen when walking my dogs. Last year, thank you. Yeah, Last well. year, the Vikings defense was bad, and the offense was average. We went 8-9 and, and lost like six games within one score. This year, let's say the defense pretty much stays the same. With the same offensive personnel, better coaching, even if they take a half a step, maybe they become a top 10 offense. They should win 10 games, if not more. I feel the only way to go is getting better. If they don't, we'll have to start doubting the coaching staff hmm. uh, as they trusted these players and kept them. It, mm-hmm. how, do you kind of view it like that? That hmm. uh, the, floor, the floor seems pretty high for this team, right? Yeah, that was the goal. Absolutely. They, they kept... Everybody, just about, right? Like, yes, yes, this team should be good. I, I think that this team is, best case, probably a borderline playoff team. But, I mean, yeah, they are – this is not the Bears. And and I, I think the reason that Ryan Poles didn't get the job here, and he is definitely a guy with more practical football experience than crazy, is twofold. One, I, I think the Bears are paying him more, which is a huge thing. And two – I think Ryan Poles had designs on probably not the not the same moves because, I mean, he, he's basically on purpose decimated the Bears roster. But I think he probably told the Wilfs, we're going to make, you know, Kirk might not be my guy. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so, yes, I th- if the Vikings have a really bad year, it's a disappointment. Like they, But, but they chose the rules, too. Yeah. Yep. So, there's, a, there's a few things. Now, injuries could derail anything, right? If, sure. If yes, like, that's a Daniel Hunter right. gets hurt again or something, you're right. Or Kirk goes down, but if if we're not counting massive sort of roster changing injuries, there's a lot of things that should just get better by default. You're not going to be historically bad defensively inside two minutes anymore. That was that was partially incompetence and bad play, and it was partially just ridiculously bad luck. That you, are you, you know, you kidding me? Really? You're not going to stumble your way into a defensive stop once or right. twice more often. So that'll kind of correct itself. And then offensively, I really feel like, so they were like 14th in points per game or something last year. Mm-hmm. And I get that the offensive line isn't perfect, but it should be better this year. It's really hard to not be a top 10 offense points-wise with the things that they have. They have a reliable passer, an accurate, reliable passer. They've got some of the best weapons of any team in the NFL. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne. You know, if your offensive line is just passable in two-thirds of the game, how are you not higher than 14th in points per game? It's a a real indictment on 
not maximizing the pieces that you had schematically, chemistry, et cetera, et cetera. If this is not a uh, a top 10 scoring offense, it's a major disappointment to me. Yeah. I, I mean, O'Connell was brought in because of what? B- because of his background with quarterbacks, because of, of his his background with McVay, with the Rams. Like, this needs to be – the Vikings have set up, set themselves up to definitely disappoint us if they don't accomplish certain things. Now, when when I think that we're going to do the schedule projection again next week, right, at some point in time. Uh, but, I mean, I think I'm still going to land on nine wins or so. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, like, if this team wins seven games – I'm going to be now. Now you're right. If guys get hurt, it totally changes the ball game. But if this team, as currently constructed, wins seven or fewer games, I think that's a big bust. Like I don't think there's a well, but they were rebuilding something here. Like there, there, there's an opportunity here. I think to do exactly what the Eagles did last year, which is contend for a playoff spot and possibly like the like they, they did sneak into the playoffs. Let me just show, let me bring up my days since calculator here real okay. quick. So I'm doing uh, kind of off the top of my head here, but the last time the Vikings were above 500, I think the regular season, the 2019 regular season ended like early in the second week of January. So let's just call it like January 8th. Yes. All right. Okay. Uh, so that would have been 2020 calendar year. And then today's date is uh, September 3rd here on this Saturday. Uh, 2022. Okay, days since the Vikings were last above 500 in the regular season, mm-hmm. 970 days. Mm-hmm. 970 days. So if they beat the Packers, it will it will be what 978 days or something. It's been almost a thousand days since they were above 500 because they haven't been above 500 at any point the last two years. Right, they've been That's chasing. Remarkable. Mm. Absolutely remarkable. Uh, before we get to a couple more here, uh, one of our coworkers actually, uh, did he sign up or is he on the verge Ron- of signing up for? Living? No, he signed up. Awesome. Chris Ron, the 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 guy who the guy who got me, who basically said we we've got an opportunity, Judd, to work with our friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. Chris Ron has joined. He is down in one week six plus pounds. Ooh. Don joined sixteen pounds. Ooh. Me. 40 pounds and keeping it off. Ladies and gentlemen, Livia works. It works. And I I can tell you right now, their anniversary sale, they want you to join the program for, and I will say this slowly because it's such a good, good deal. 50% off, 50% off uh, to drop the weight. And then most importantly, to keep the weight loss up. It is not a diet program. Weight control is the key. And it's run by dietitians and people who know exactly what you need so that you can not only get back into those clothes that don't fit, but you can continue to wear them and not gain weight back. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia, L-I-V-E-A dot com, in the state or out, because if if you're not in the the state, they can uh, send you their food and do a virtual visit. We've had people from Arizona, from Florida, New York, California join. If you are a Purple Daily fan and you're saying, I would like to drop the weight like Judd did or Chris did or Don did, it's this simple. It starts Livia, L-I-V-E-A dot com. Also, I want to remind the audience here real quick that uh, Vikings Ventline is the most fan-friendly and interactive post-game show in all of Minnesota sports, maybe even in the world, for all we know. Hard to quantify that. 
But uh, Vikings Vent Line, which started off for years as a radio call-in show on 1500 ESPN with Judd and me, is now exclusive only to the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Right after Vikings games are over, we give our spiel and, and give our take for a few minutes, but then we turn the show over to you guys, and who the hell knows what's going to happen. I mean, Chansey and Fargo lit a dumpster fire one time. Bob in Pennsylvania from a hot tub ranting and raving. Multiple times from the hot tub. We've had drunk people from the game just like on their phones, but we turn Vikings Ventline over to you guys, and uh, it's exclusive to the YouTube channel here. So if you're not already subscribed to the Purple Daily YouTube channel, check it out. And uh, be sure to join us right after Vikings games are over, and then we and then we will explain how you can get on the show as well. There's a there's a process for that, but uh, it's a blast. It's a good time. So mark that on your calendar. Paul Silva here via the Scornorth app says, "I don't think the Vikings not picking up Bradbury's fifth year option was a vote of no confidence as much as you guys do. His option number would have been like sixteen million dollars because the NFL has all the offensive line positions under the same number." For that fifth-year option, the highest-paid center is at $14 million right now. They were never going to pick up the option at that price, even if he was amazing. I'm not saying he's going to stick around or that he's good because he's not, but I don't (laughs) think it's as big of a deal as you guys say it is. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, would they probably have, if, if they love him, and they could still do this, would they probably have wiped out that number and smoothed it into future years on a contract extension? Do I think they would have been paying him $14 or $16 million? No. But I think they I think it's partially a reflection on how much money it would cost you, but it's also partially a reflection on he's not good. <laughs> yes. So it's the totality. Yeah. Like nothing ever has screamed, you know what? He might be okay. Nothing. Yep. So I get what you're saying, Paul, and you're probably right. It's probably not that big of a deal because they probably weren't gonna pay him that in the fifth year anyways, but they don't believe in him as the long-term center yet. He has to make that perception change this season. And right. from what we have heard, you know, it's not like they went out and signed a real, actual, credible center in free agency, but you know, the Chris Reed thing, the Austin Schlotman thing, they, they would love to generate a more meaningful push behind Garrett Bradbury so that if after week one or week two it's just not working, they can make that switch. Yeah. And, Phil, I, I think, too, for a first-round pick, okay, I think it's fair to say that by year two or, or three, as a first-round center, you should be vying for a Pro Bowl berth, right? Yeah. And if this guy if this guy had by now become a perennial Pro Bowl player, I don't think that you would just say, we are not going to fulfill his option and he can hit the market because he'd get signed and, and paid well. So, yeah, I think it's the totality of the fact that for where he was picked, again, for expectations, he's been a flop. Like, there's no question about it. He can run block. That's great. But when you're taken with a 19th pick, as a center, you got to do it all, and you should be, at, by now, in my opinion, at the upper echelon of your position in the league, and he is nowhere close. It's a, the yeah, it's, Positionally, it's a gamble to, to take a first-round resource and spend it on that position. Like, and there's a reason why there's not that many centers drafted yes. in the first round or, the, or even the second round. So for you to sort of say as an organization – not only are we going to spend a first-round resource on this position, we believe so much in this guy that this is this is going to be worth it. He almost had to be a pro bowler. Yes. He almost had to just be a ready-made solution, yes. long-term guy. The next, you know, what Matt Burke was, what Jeff Christie was, John Sullivan was very good for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Turback via the Scornorth app says, I'm 25 years old. 
I've been a huge Twins Vikings Timberwolves fan my entire life. I have zero remembrance of the Twins winning a playoff game, especially against the Yankees. The most I've seen for Minnesota playoff success is two blown NFC Championship game by the Vikings. All I know is Minnesota misery. All I want is one championship from either three of these franchises before I die, preferably the Vikings. Sports Dad, do you have any advice for oh young Michael? God. Michael, so so he was born when? He, he's 25? He, was, he just turned 25 in July, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, boy, boy, this is a long life you've, you've got. 1997, you're only, And you're man. a kid. So you've got a recollection of the 2009 game and then the 2017 game. Um, here's my thought sport from sports dad to young Michael. Go to the liquor store, pick up some Surly, and just enjoy life. Enjoy life. Because you know what? Like, I hope you get a championship. You really should. Theoretically, you got a yeah. lot of time left here, right? Like, you should get a championship. I can't assure it's the Vikings. I hope for your sake it definitely is. Um, but, yeah, just enjoy it. Like, it once, once in, in the case of a lot of people who consume our show, your parents, especially your dad, uh, uh, confined you to a life of being a sports fan in what I think we, we can safely say is often sports-wise a God-forsaken town. You got to enjoy something, right? You got to enjoy enjoy the small victories. Enjoy the small wins and, and hope that this regime, for the Vikings especially, because this is where it's going to start, can find that quarterback. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I had a conversation with, with a friend the other day. We were just texting back and forth, and we were talking about the Twins and how, God, the Twins are just, they, they're just perpetually underachieving what you hope they can do, right? They, they, they haven't won a playoff game in 18 years. They are 0-18 in the playoffs. They're, they're barely on pace to finish above 500 this year. So the hardest thing to do as a sports fan is control the emotional attachment that you have to teams that you know aren't really going to do anything at the end of the rainbow. It's a relationship. You know, it's like, like with the Twins. It's a relationship. You kind of know the Twins probably aren't making a run this year. Like, maybe they can win a playoff game. Right. But you want them to be, like, there's this gap between the reality of where they are and what you expect them to be. And the Vikings have constantly fought that gap, too. So how do you stay in love with your team and emotionally committed to some extent, but also not let it ruin your week? (laughs) You know, and there's there's just such a fine line there. Listen, if you if it does ruin your week, we are here as therapists for you on a daily oh, basis absolutely. on Purple Daily. And, and there's nothing. Be. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying sometimes right. it can be hard to fight that battle. You know, that brings up a really good question, too. And, and of late, I've given this one more and more thought. You know, we get a lot of pushback because our show is is one of the few shows that does this. The pushback is you guys really think expectations are going to change that team? Like, you guys hold them to expectations. Who cares what you guys think? You know, the more I think about this, too, my God, look at the expectations that that a lot of this town does not have. And answer me this. Is that working? Mm-hmm. You know, well, Rocco said this, or, 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 or you know, O'Connell or previously Spielman said this. What do you expect? I expect more. Like, but, but we always get this from a certain faction and not a lot of you. So, so I appreciate this. I, I feel like we've cultivated and found uh, a group of, of people who think 
like we do. So I want to make this very clear. I appreciate you. But I also feel like this town is filled with, well, you guys are going to hold, hold them to expectations. Who cares about that? I mean, okay, is what you're doing now working? Like, I think for, I think people that, that have sort of uh, removed themselves from expectations, I think they have found a different way to consume sports. I think in their, in, in their minds, it's like, well, if the team doesn't do well, then just enjoy the ballpark, right? And listen, that's there's a lot of sports fans like that too. I think for us, it's like we've in, we've invested as fans, and then professionally, like we've invested in, we would really like to see a payoff at some point. I guess, and and I will say, I do think that fans and media can apply pressure to organizations. Yes. Do they always respond to that pressure? Not necessarily, but you're telling me that some of the other markets, especially East Coast markets, that though, like Philadelphia, Boston, New York, Boston. That those front offices and ownership groups don't respond to public outcry or pressure or... Now, should you be making every decision as a franchise based on what, you know, Fireman Ed thinks in the Jets' uh, oh, end zone? Probably not. But... Um, yeah, I do think I do think that the the only if if you feel like a team is perpetually underachieving, the only thing that you can do is make your voice heard, and and hopefully we can help amplify and on I shows feel, like this. And I do feel like there's more Vikings fans who do apply pressure. Um, it's not across the board, but I do feel I, I feel like they are so popular in the state that that there certainly is a large group of, of fans who probably think along the same lines that. We do. I guess my my poster child is the Twins. Like, there's a lot of things about that that team that should get pushed back, and instead it just gets okay. They suck. I'm checked out. Or they just, yeah, they just kind of waltz through for 20 I mean, years, disappointing. You, yeah. Just quickly, can you imagine if Carlos Correa had signed his his desired, let's say, Phil, 10 year deal with the Yankees? Okay, and was underachieving in pressure situations as bad as he is. This year. Oh. Do you know what the tabloids would do to him? He'd be getting crushed, yes. He'd be getting absolutely crushed. And you know what? To a certain degree, he would deserve it. Yeah. Um, I think we, we feel just... bad in Minnesota. It's like, oh, no, I'm going to make him feel okay. bad. Here's one for you. <laughs> He's fine. If Cousins, had, if Cousins had decided in 18 to take the Jets' offer, which was extremely competitive, and I think they bid more than the Vikings did, okay? What would, and I know the Jets are chronically crappy, but what would the tabloid and fan reaction been if if he had achieved with the Jets what he has achieved or not achieved here? Yeah, I, I have a hard time believing that the New York media would be tripping over themselves to massage the narrative that everything else around him is the problem, right? It would be It would be about him. Yes, and there would be a counter, I guarantee you, in the New York Post of days that the team was under... 500 with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Like that's and that. Ha- and the Vikings incredible. have the Vikings have been 500, but they haven't been above 500 okay, above in almost 500. a thousand days. But think about that's that for a nuts, second. Dude. But think about that for a second. And then and then to say well, but yeah, but it's not Kirk's fault. It's the offensive line's fault. Huh? Yeah, dude. It's amazing. So, well, we're here as therapists to help you talk through yeah. all of this stuff and to help and ourselves talk through some of this stuff. On a regular basis. Uh, Purple Daily, also presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. So Federated, been around for over 100 years. Their history is rich with innovative, committed people that are helping businesses maximize their success. And their corporate culture is grounded in equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. These four cornerstones create the foundation that supports all interactions and decision-making. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right. 
Declan with the final off-season edition of Vikings Ventline tomorrow on Purple Daily. And then uh, the regular season bonanza begins. Alex Boone back in the mix next week. Don't forget about the other shows we have on this Purple Daily Network. Before We Die with Jesse and Thor. And also Realistic Randy Rants with Declan. So uh, we've got you covered. And then Judd and Chip with Purple Access every single week. So we, we've got the flagship show. And then we've got all these awesome little uh, spinoff shows on this network. Thank you all for consuming, however you do, Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment.